Hey guys, Dan Waltzman here. Welcome back to the Edgy Empire. I am so excited that uh, you're back. I, and this is a special episode, podcast. It, it's part one of three, actually, where I'm bringing you another amazing interview with a friend of mine who's doing breathtakingly amazing work in, in the world. And uh, by the way, this is a podcast all about radical health for people who want it. I feel like I need to say that. Lior Arusi is the CEO of Strativity, and he is the author of a book called Next Is Now. And whenever someone writes a book, it gives me an opportunity because they're already on the circuit, already talking to really dig in and, and, and talk to them a little bit better. We're talking about value, how to be valuable. And Lior, who uh, runs a consulting company, a little different than my own, but talks about misguided marketing. And you want to talk about valuable. Try delivering amazing marketing. That's valuable. So Lior, Lior talks about his customer experience transformation project. Think luxury cars, not BMW, the other one. Amazing. How to change culture, inspiring yourself to inspire your customers, and how to become number one in your business. We're going to talk about this in the upcoming part one of the interview that you're going to hear in the next few minutes. And what's interesting is Lior has this idea, the best or nothing. And uh, he goes on and he's going to share on this episode the three P's of changing culture and building confidence. So without any further ado, I want you to listen to my inside interview, the inside scoop between me and Lior Arusi. Hey guys, Dan Walshman here. Uh, I'm excited to, uh, to have with me today, Lior Arusi, who is the, uh, the CEO of Strativity. And um, hey, 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 Lior, how are you? Hi, Dan. How are you doing? Thanks. Thank you for having me on your show. Fantastic. And, and, and you're all the way on the east, uh, east, uh, west coast, I guess, uh, today, right? So you're up at like seven. Six, today you're six. finding me in Las Vegas in great, uh, great, not so shiny Las Vegas today. Fantastic. Uh, so change, right? Hopefully uh, you're spending your change to make lots more change. Or Absolutely. Um, so what's interesting, so for uh, all of you in the community, um, you know, from time to time, I think once in the last six months, nine months, I brought to you somebody who I thought was really fascinating. And Lior is one of those people. Um, I think it was my my manager who put us together. Um, we were both in, I don't even know where we were. Where were we? Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. Digital dealer. Uh, at Digital Dealer, yes. And you were going on doing a quick TV uh, uh, show about uh, your keynoting later in the day. And then uh, my manager said, hey, you have to meet Leo, or he's done some fan- fantastic stuff at Mercedes. He's like this whiz guy. And of course, you know, anyone says whiz guy or something to that tune, I have to like take a, I have to figure out what's going on. So, all right. So then, so I'm not going to tell the story. You're, I want you to tell the story. So then we sit at this table where, uh, you know, there's a million car dealers, car vendors. I mean, it's packed with all these people. And uh, you began to tell me this really fascinating tale about, it's going to lead into this book that you've, that you've written about, about change. But talk to, us, talk to us a little bit about your experience at, at, at Mercedes. It was super fascinating. Sure. So uh, we, we got a call from Mercedes. They saw me in a conference speaking and, and you've seen my style. I'm kind of like in your face. Life is too short to have, uh, you know, sugarcoating and beating around the bushes. Uh, my message was very, very direct. And uh, two executives approached me and they said, look, we need to talk to you. We're trying to do this big transformation. We are a car company, a whole a whole dealership network are all focusing on selling cars, but we're not the best one in customer experience. And 
and and we've we've got to uh, to to raise the bar there because we're the company who invented the car. Yet you know we're not commending the same type of respect out there that uh, that our customers should give us. So you know I, I spoke to them a little bit and I said you know what do you have in mind? They said you know we have twenty five thousand employees working for three hundred and sixty independent dealers. And everybody does whatever they want. They have their own methods, their own processes, their own approaches. We could not control them and put them into these high standards, kind of a Four Seasons, Ritz-Carlton type of a thing. And I said, um, and I said, uh, so, so where, where are you ranked? And they said, we're ranked number eight. And I said, oh, that's not great. And they said, no, no, it's good because we used to be number 22. So that's oh, progress. Wow, wow, wow. And I said, so, so who's number one? They said, Lexus. And I said, for how long? They said, 20 years. I said, have you ever been number one? They said, no. So we understood kind of like where the problem is, is, is starting to evolve. And remember, 25,000 employees working for 360 different dealerships, all independently owned. So then we continued and said, oh, by the way, while we're at it, you know, are there any other changes that you're planning for your business? And they said, yeah, we're going to cancel the free maintenance. Today we are providing free maintenance. All the luxury car manufacturers are providing free maintenance. We are going to cancel it. We're going to start charging it. So I said, let me get it straight. You want to start charging your customers for something you've given them for free and you want them to love you even more and you want to become number one. I mean, is that an oxymoron? Maybe your timing is a little bit wrong. Yeah, it does sound like a, it's like one of those puzzles you get where it's like the, the Chinese puzzle where they're like, hey, figure this out. It's like a rope attached to a, a pulley next to a, you're like, sure. And, and it looks like one piece belongs to, I don't know, the puzzle of the Pisa and the other one belongs yeah. to the Great Wall of China. It's like, they're not supposed to be going together. So, so this say, is not how you do it. Say those numbers to me again. You had how many employees in how many different dealerships? 25,000 employees at 360 independent dealers. See, this is Everybody what does whatever they want. I think this is what's fascinating. When you, uh, I'm in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, in my backyard is BMW, and uh, employs many, many, many thousands of people in the whole ecosystem. There's miles and miles of, 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 of square miles of, of factory here just for BMW. When you think of a luxury car brand, specifically like Mercedes, you just think, high quality, high service, high levels of process that drive uh, all of those things. And what's fascinating is on the inside scoop, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're getting a phone call, you're getting a one-on-one -on -one with a senior level executive who says, well, we, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of need to actually fix this situation. 20, at one point, 20 second, when they finally pick up the phone and call you, they're like, we've done all we can do, we're still eighth. And then now, now, now it's your job to try to fix that. Correct. And you know, the fascinating thing is the Germans are so notorious for specking everything and everything is in order and everything is well engineered. Yeah. And that is applicable to the car. But when it comes to customer relationship, it's a complete art. You know, everybody does whatever they want. So anyway, they come to us with that, with that challenge. Um, we go in, we start understanding what's going on, and clearly there are a couple of very, very big disconnects. And, you know, one of the funniest examples is we, we brought a whole bunch of employees from all over the country to the Ritz-Carlton Marina del Rey in California. We hosted them like affluent customers would, would, would leave. The whole idea is like walk in the shoes of your customers. And then we gave them a challenge. We said, how about now that you understand how your customers are being treated by other vendors, you will now come up with ideas of how you're going to do that. And we gave each group like a narrative, a story. I said, you know, go work on that. 
budget is not an issue, just try to dream big. And one group received the following scenario. A customer purchased their first S-Class, highest level in the fleet, are excited, they're coming to get delivery of the car. How can you make it memorable for them? And they sat down for an hour of brainstorming and they came back after that and on stage in front of hundreds of people, they presented the following solution. They were planning to place a bucket of chicken on the driver's seat. So when they open the car for the first time, there'll be fresh bucket of chicken from Pollo Loco. They were very, very specific to welcome the customer. Hmm. And I, I couldn't say anything. You know, I was on stage with them. So all I could utter was, do you have a plan B? <laughs> or C or D. Oh, my gosh. I was so trying- right then and there. But here's the thing, Dan. Here's the thing. Yeah. They came to it, not from a joke. They came from the bottom of their heart. These are people making $50,000, $60,000 a year. Taking yeah. their family on 4th of July to Pollo Loco was really the pinnacle of their success, of, the, of their celebration. They honestly believe that that was a great way of, yeah. of treating the customer. So we understood- You're selling a car that someone's spending 100000 120000 if you get it specced out, and there's a bucket of chicken. I'm actually thinking, when you said to me, I'm thinking- did you get grease on my leather? I don't want Absolutely. my chicken. I mean, my brain's exploding we, here. <laughs> we, we buy the car just for the fresh leather smell. I mean, exactly. that's right. <laughs> so here's the thing then. So we understood the scope of the challenge. Some of it did not come from ill-intentioned people, but rather misguided. You know, they do not come from the same socioeconomic background of the customer. Many of them, by the way, were kind of having difficulties with people paying so much money for a car and stuff like that. And we put together a complete customer experience transformation program, uh, went on the road. I personally trained 13,000 people face-to-face, full day, 13,000 people. It was a huge, huge program. And we challenged them with the following. We said, don't follow the score. The score is going to happen. But what we want you to do is we want you to go and inspire yourself by inspiring your customers. Go and create stories that will inspire your customers. And, and then we took those stories and we fed them back into the, into the network to basically say, guys, this is the new standard. Now, I'm going to give you one example of a story that touched my heart because it would have never, ever happened before our program. So a customer shows up in one of the dealerships and he says to the salesperson, he said, look, I'm, I'm never going to be able to drive this car. I'm never going to be able to afford this car. Um, but I'm asking for one simple thing. Can you let me sit in the car for a few minutes? And, and the salesperson says to him, you know, tell me more. And he said, I'm, I have cancer and I'm probably not going to last. But it was my dream. I wanted to sit in this car. I wanted to drive this car. Now, clearly, he's not a customer. Wow. He's never going to be a customer. They gave him the ride of his life. They put him on the best convertible they drove him around, took pictures. The guy was crying. And you know what? That's something before that, you know, salespeople were like, hey, in and out. Do you have a business for me? You don't have a business. Who has time to go talk about this nonsense? You know, this customer had the story of his life. We took this story and we communicated back to the network. In fact, in the first year, we had 5,000 stories just like this. 5,000. That's how you change the fabric of a culture. And within two years... We took number one position in J.D. Power. We took number one position in the American Customer Satisfaction Index by University of Michigan. And we tripled the profitability of the service department by charging for maintenance. And we proved that customer satisfaction and profitability can go hand in hand, can be 
uh, uh, successful and you don't have to give away the shop. After that, obviously they started to notice that this is, this is working and their appetite grew and said, hey, what else can we do because we like the way this is working? So 25,000 people, 360 different dealers, becoming number one within two years while, uh, while growing the profitability of their business. It doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. So what I like is um, I've been exploring deeply this idea of value and giving value. You know, what, you know, it's kind of cheeky, but Einstein said one of his quotes was, don't try to be a successful person, rather aim to be a person of value who brings value. And, you know, you, you, you said some things in summary that um, were, were pretty compelling. Number one is training 13,000 people. That by itself, for Mercedes to deliver value, that value that we, we just take for granted, uh, I guess, or, or it's something that we just think of automatically, they had to have a whole process, number one, bring you and your organization, um, Stractivity, together into this uh, you know, engagement and process to say, we want to intentionally teach our people, um, you know, how to be valuable. And, and that's a change. That's, that's a big change. So, I mean, uh, the 13,000 plus people that you trained, was this, you know, over months? Was this over years? Uh, talk to me a little bit about how, because I'm sure some employees came in and they thought, this is crazy. Other people thought, I've been waiting for this. Yeah. So first of all, our whole approach from the beginning was co-creation. We did not come to train them. Training is for dogs. You know, you train them to repeat. We're not training to repeat. We were actually stimulating their imagination. We're trying to get them into the mindset of the customer, understand what the new standards are. Here's the fascinating thing. You know what the slogan of Mercedes, the best or nothing. You know who came up with it? The founder of Mercedes, Carl Benz in 1886. That was his standard, the best or nothing. And we challenge the employees to understand the best or nothing is now your baton. You're now carrying that baton to the next generation. And how are you going to create the best or nothing? The best or nothing when the first engine was invented by Carl Benz was a one horsepower engine. It can come with that anymore. That's not value. That was value then. It's not value now, right? Uh, and second thing, as the customer becomes much more empowered, much more knowledgeable, the definition of value keeps on moving. Up, you know, you used to be able to provide value at this level, but now it's going into another level, and so on and so forth. So we approach it to the employees from the perspective of let us teach you some skill set that will make you absolutely killer successful out there in the marketplace. So it was really about that. And within our program, we focus on three elements: passion, performance, and practice. First, reigniting the passion for the brand, because without it, you're all going to go robotically through the motions. and It's going to look fake. Performance. Bucket of chicken is not our standards. We need to really move it up there. So we need to help them see what, what the performance that we are looking for is all about. And then give them a safe environment to practice before they go out there to deal with customers. So that was another critical component. And this way, in this food chain, you're really building confidence to go and experiment and do something different. The, the program itself, the first uh, 13,000 that we trained was within 10 months. So we were working on batches of 200 a day for 10 months, with the exception of the end of the month, where the week of the end of the month is where the car dealerships are very busy closing business, and we couldn't really get there. So we toured the whole country, and, and what, what Mercedes, I'll give them the credit, understood is that the best car in the world can only get as far as the car dealership lot but it cannot get to the customer home unless 
the person is connecting the car to the home. And that is a skill set that they needed to go and teach their employees how to go and, 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 and create. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's fascinating because, you know, I was just thinking about your idea of, of um, a well-meaning, the chicken on the seat, well-meaning. Someone was like, this is a great idea. This is awesome. And then if someone come in and say, whoa, 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 that, you know, that might have been good for, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. But, 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 but now, you know, a, a fresh home-cooked dinner ready for you. I guess it's not even home-cooked, but, you know, uh, uh, you know, some sort of dinner. But now the, the, the game has to be at, at a higher level. Um, when you're teaching people to be valuable, and I think you said passion, performance, and practice. Correct. Um, so uh, are, are, you, are you connecting the uh, Mercedes employees to their own passion or passion for the brand or both? So our whole approach in my, ne- my new book, Next Is Now, is talking about it, is people cannot be passionate about the brand unless it's coming intrinsically. It has to touch something within you. So when you talk about a brand promise like the best or nothing, it's not just about the glory of connecting to the innovator of of the car because Mercedes actually invented the car and and own over 80,000 patents so far in the automotive world. It's about connecting to the person in you that wants to be the best and then manifest itself in the opportunity that the company gives you. So the, 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 the whole approach that we have around passion is if you don't understand what you're passionate about, if you cannot activate the Superman within you and make that person want to come to life, then it doesn't matter what brand you're representing. You're not going to bring it. We need to create a linkage between your personal passion, set of values, and, and, and the promise of the company, and then see if you can actually honestly carry that on and, and create the next best out there. By the way, there were employees who came to us during the program and said, I didn't sign up for that. I'm sorry. Thank you very much. I didn't sign up for that. We actually had five people that were let go during the program. And I went to their bosses and I said, what gives? What, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing that right now? They said, because you guys never put the standard clearly. So I let this person uh, uh, you know, drag along. But now I understand yeah. that this person is actually like a cancer for the rest of my team. And I'm not going to allow that person to go and drag us down. So I gave them a chance. I gave them another chance. They don't want to do it. They need to be out of here. This is a new world. This is a new standard. What did you think? Pretty cool, right? Amazing part one of this three-part uh, podcast about value and specifically marketing. What do you think about some of those stories, huh? Pretty amazing. Now, Lior does most of the talking, of course, because uh, he, like myself, he's, he's energetic. He's got a lot to share. But the next episode tomorrow, I want you to come back excited and ready to go because we're going to dive into this idea of what's next and fear of missing out. And we're going to dive deep into into more of these topics that may be central to where you're at in your business right now, where you're at in your growth right now about being valuable to others. By the way, all of the, the video interview will be available inside the Edgy Empire of Awesomeness. Go get involved. Be accountable to somebody because um, it, life's too short to, to just kind of mess around and going through the motions, okay? So I'll come back for the next episode, part two of my interview with Leora Rusi.